The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 149. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. On the show this week, we go a little bit meta, and we talk about a brand new venture that I'm a part of that you probably saw plugged on social media. It's the Denver Podcast Network. And I'm talking this week with J.D. Lopez. He is the host of the Left Hand Right Brain podcast. He also hosts a monthly show called Comedy Save the Video Star. That's at Mutiny Information Cafe. And as I referred to him near the beginning of this episode, he is a man about town. Awesome dude. Someone whose show I've been aware of for a long time since I started this show. It's one of many shows that I learned about as a result of Marcelo Duran. And Marcelo, we talk about in this week's episode because... In the early going of my show, when I was less than 50 episodes in, and maybe right around 50 episodes, Marcelo was a guy who was retweeting me every single week. He was talking about my show on Mile High Rant, along with a ton of other Denver podcasts. He seemed to be compiling them. To what end, I'm not really sure. I went back and looked at it. But that really kept me going. And it was refreshing to hear JD say the same thing. It was really cool. He's like, man, Marcelo, that guy... That just, that kept me going. Getting mentioned on Mile High Rant, you know, it's like you have someone out there actually acknowledging what you're doing because podcasting can be very lonely. It can be very isolating. You're, you're doing these shows and you don't always hear feedback. Like, and I, I'm certainly guilty of this myself. There are things that I enjoy very passively. It, that's easy. That's fun. That's probably up until, I don't know, what, less than 10 years ago, the way we all enjoyed everything was very passively. We watched shows and we didn't go and talk about them on the internet with our friends because the internet didn't exist. Now we're all connected to each other through so many different platforms that everyone without realizing it is in the promotions business. And so JD and I talk about this quite a bit. We also talk about getting the creative juice going. For everything from stand-up sets, JD is doing open mics, sometimes at 1.45 in the morning in front of a handful of people, to doing the very intro I'm doing right now. I, I'll tell you, just in the interest of full disclosure, it is 1040 at night. It is a Tuesday night. Both of my daughters have been sick all week. I've been working from about 730 until 1030, not only on this show, but on client work and stuff. So I am a little bit burnt out. I'm a little bit slap happy. But this is the very first thing that you hear when you download my show. You got to make it good. You got to get it up. It's showtime. And I apologize for the dick references. But that's where JD led us during our show, so why not just build off of that? And I think about this show, and I think about the Denver Podcast Network in terms of almost being like a trade association. In my previous corporate gig, I was active in a lot of trade associations. There were state-level ones, regional ones, federal ones, uh, very local ones, chambers of commerce. There was any number of different types of organizations dedicated to the type of work that I was doing and getting together with fellow podcasters and even just comparing notes, sharing stories, best practices, fuck, just connecting with each other has been terrific, which is one of the reasons I recommend the Denver podcast network to you and why I plug it on social media and why I plug it during this show. It's because there's so much great work going on in Denver and I'm proud to be a part of a group that brings it to you and brings it to you consistently. Now, JD wasn't just on my show, I was also on his show, Left Hand Right Brain. He put it up over the weekend, and I really enjoyed listening to it. And if you want to experience me in a different light and hear me talk about things I don't hardly ever get to talk about, like art or elements of my childhood, I mean, he's a great interviewer. He brought things out of me that I almost never get to talk about. So go back and download his show. If you'd like a little snapshot as to what his show is like, here's the promo for Left Hand Right Brain. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver 
and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Proud member of the Denver Podcast Network, that is Left Hand Right Brain, also John of All Trades. This is episode 149. J.D. Lopez is my guest. He's a comedian. He's a host. He has the Left Hand Right Brain podcast. A terrific show. We talk about it a ton on this week's episode, and it begins right now. Uh, well, up until recently, I was working at a bar, so I'd work there till six. Okay. Worked into the day shift. You know? Oh, nice. How uh, how is it working a day shift? Because ugh. one one thing a lot of people don't know about me is that I went to Bartending College of Denver. No, so did I. You did? Yeah. When did you go? I went like 2007, 2008. Okay. I was there in like, let me think, 2002 maybe. Okay, so, yeah. And I wasn't even 21 yet, but they said you you, you only have to be 18. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you find that was helpful? Yes, just because uh, you just feel more confident pouring drinks i've right. was training a couple uh young girls uh behind the bar when i was getting ready to leave and they were you know just so timid they right. didn't want to do anything it's like no you gotta grab it put you know did did you uh did they teach you the same count they taught me which was you flip it and you go two three four yeah same count uh-huh yeah four count so uh because like people came in and there were people who like their families own bars and stuff they'd be like you know, our lead bartender says, if you pour it to Harley Davidson, and it's like, okay, don't get cute like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, that like, learn the standard count, and then, like, if you need to modify it later, whatever. You know, numbers are for nerds. They want a cool <laughs> Harley Davidson thing. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't particularly helpful for me because I was living in Fort Collins at the time, and so their outplacement program, they're like, Fort Collins is an impossible place to get a bar job. Yeah, college town like that? Yeah. And I went up there recently, and I went to a place, like one of my old haunts, same fucking bartender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, Jesus, this is like 15 years later. And I'm like, you guys must be making great money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, anyway, the reason I bring it up is because working days, one of our instructors was like, I've worked days for years, and I was able to support myself on that. Is she telling the truth, or is she full of shit? Um, I mean, it was, it was fine money. I wasn't, uh, we had this weird tip share thing. So it wasn't like I was making the bulk of my, uh, money through tips. Actually, I had, I was paid hourly. Right. Okay. And I was basically not the official bar manager, but I was making sure stuff was done back. You were like the the ad hoc bar manager. Yeah. So, I mean, I was basically the assistant bar manager. So like, and I always made sure stuff was done. So the bar manager was actually happy and he would just, you know, let me do whatever okay so you said that was up until recently but it sounds like you're not doing that anymore no i i uh my last day was last tuesday okay uh so like a week ago and it was just the service industry is already hard to work in and then you add on incompetent uh <laughs> managers and then uh drugs i mean there's a lot of really cocaine use in that place Okay, so I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to name the place. We don't need to slander anyone. I mean, anyone can go back and figure it out. <laughs> okay. It's not a long walk to figure it out, but <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to do the work, you can probably do it, but gotcha. for the sake of just decorum, I suppose, we won't name who it is, but sure. was this like an independent place or was this like a chain-style place? Independent. And so understanding that, did you get out because it was tough or are you trying to pursue other things or like what was the reason for leaving that? Uh, mostly cause I had some, uh, yeah, run-ins with, uh, other, uh, unsavory individual, undesirables in the, the undesirables. Yeah. In the industry, uh, you know, uh, a manager hired one of his drug dealers and they oh, was just Jesus. doing lines in the bathroom and all this jazz. And, uh, anyway, so that parts, partly that. And then, uh, cause they just, you know, run me into the ground on that one. So right. I just wanted to get out better for my mental states because you know it's so easy to drink there you know right and then it's like well i don't want to i'm so afraid of becoming addicted to anything you know so right. once i was drinking a couple times a week i was like oh no what's going on I'm, <laughs> what's happening to me so uh you know i was like okay got to get out of there and then trying to find something better right now the i mean it's not ideal i guess i should have 
maybe had something more stable planned for the next step. But, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm going to hope for the best, you know, keep a positive outlook. And that's always been pretty good for me. Well, yeah. I mean, J.D. Lopez, host of Left Hand Right Brain Podcast, comedian, and uh, man about town. Yeah, <laughs> man about town. <laughs> is that fair to yeah, classify yeah. it that way? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And what's funny is I was always sort of aware of you, like, because your show's gone on for approximately the same number of episodes as mine, right? Because this this will be somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 for me. What are you at? Um, the left hand right brain ones. It's like 136. Yeah. Then I did the, you know, there's the JDJOs. Those were like 42 episodes. Oh, and then right. the, the Appetites ones that I did, the, the small business podcast ones, I didn't number those as uh, right. left-hand, right-brain. So there was about maybe 12 of those. Okay. So yeah, it's right in the 140s, 150s area of the left-hand, right-brain incarnation. Is it fair to say you're best known for left-hand, right-brain? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that one's kind of the flagship, right? Sure. Yeah. In terms of that, when you are in podcasting, and I don't know if this happens to you a lot, but this happens to me from time to time. People think that podcasting is like the primary way that I make money. And I go, no, no, it's like, it's, it's helpful for me and it's fun and I love doing it. And I think the show is great and I've built it into something really, really cool, but I'm not going to pay my bills from podcasting. I don't think that happens until you're like Bill Simmons or Mark Marin or Chris Hardwick or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. Think of it like radio still. Right. I mean, it's becoming more of an easily accessible medium for people. So more and more people are latching onto it. But yeah, they don't, they don't see that there's a difference. You know, most people are doing it from their garages or in their basements or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like a side hustle. Yeah. And this show in particular, my show focuses on, you know, people pursuing their dreams. I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and, the whole first season of my show was basically me training myself to be an entrepreneur. And so many people, whether it's podcasting or, you know, I talked to Erin Stereo on this show. She was doing she's DJs. Great. She's awesome. Uh, she was doing DJing as a side hustle or like Alan Brooks. Has Alan Brooks ever been on your show? No. You need to have him because he's awesome. Um, Is he, he a DJ? No, he's, uh, he's a comic writer. And so he wrote oh, the, he, the Burning Metronome. Yeah, I, I listened to that episode of your podcast. Yeah, that guy is awesome. And so he started like writing on the side. And it's a lot of times people making the leap from doing something on the side, something they're passionate about, something they love, in, and turning it into their primary sort of means of supporting themselves, which is awesome. But your show in particular, and I think anytime you have a sponsor, because like my show is sponsored by Four Degrees, you sure you have Renegade Brewing as yeah. one of your sponsors. People think, oh, you're getting that fat like sponsorship money, <laughs> and it's like uh, it's it doesn't exactly work that way. Like it's cool to have a sponsor. It's cool to have your costs covered and stuff. Like P H A T fat. Like it's cool. Right. Like it's just cool to have a sponsor. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a nice brand proposition, but where I was going with this was I was always sort of aware of you, but like we never crossed paths, which is kind of surprising, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I early on I do remember seeing you in the Westward uh, for Denver podcasting, uh, just like shows to look out for or something like that. I think you and Paul Caroli were on that. Uh, well, this year me and Paul Caroli like got that Westward best of. Yeah, but this was two or three. Maybe it was just online. No, or it, something. you know what it was? It was Denver Post. Um, I was in that art, like John Wenzel wrote an article about, uh, it was primarily about these things matter, but he also talked to me, um, about my show and my show was about 50 or so episodes deep at that point. And then he talked to Bree Davies and Issa Jones about welcome to rock Island. And it was about Denver podcasting. And that, that was like manna from heaven that just fell out of the sky. And I go, holy shit. Like you want to talk to me about my show? That's insane. But your show seemed to be one of the shows that people who were cool in Denver knew about or talked about or were on. I'm flattered. <laughs> um, uh, although, like, you look surprised by that, which well, is funny. Yeah, no, you got the big, you got Adam Kate on, you got the big fish <laughs> when he was still bodding, you know, like yeah, before, he... <laughs> like right at the cusp of everything. You know how I got him? Actually, uh, a guy from my day job who I knew, he worked for another company, grew up with Adam Kate and Holland. Hmm. And they went to like... And you're in his hood? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm in his hood, which helped. But uh, he said, when I told him like, 
you know, I was friends with your buddy Sam. He goes, oh, my little Jewish friend. <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. So that one was a total fluke because I was playing golf with the guy, and he goes, you know who should be on your show? And I don't know if people ever do that to you. But, oh, yeah. But people are like, you know who should be on your show? And I go, Jesus, who is it? And he goes, Adam Caton Holland. And I go, yes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that guy. Nice. Like, he should be on my show. I go, do you know him? And he goes, yeah. Like, our our families are great friends. And I go, holy shit. Is like send me an introduction, and he did, and it worked out. And Kate Holland was sitting right where you were, and it was badass. Yeah, he's a very gracious guy when you can't get a hold of him. Yeah, hey, but he's so busy. You know, all those guys are so busy. Well, it when his episode aired, it was announced that True TV had picked up those who can. Oh, nice. So like the timing was never better for me. So that I mean that was really cool. But your show, like, it seemed to be associated with cool people, but. <laughs> And it's I've so- tried so hard. I've tried so. Hard. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever seen Juno? Uh, yeah. Like when uh, Ellen Page says to Michael Sarah, she's like, "You know, you're like the coolest person I know, and you don't even have to try." And he goes, "I try really hard." Actually. <laughs> yeah. And I like <laughs> that's like a metaphor for my life too, because it's like people go, "You know, your show's really cool." It's like, yeah, I work really hard at it. Right. Yeah. It's funny to see you surprised by that because we were talking about this right before we turned the mics on. Podcasting is a, can be a very lonely endeavor where you don't get a ton of feedback and anecdotally people will tell you, and this happens to me like not in a place where it's publicly visible. It's like, can you leave me some feedback like on Facebook or yeah, yeah. somewhere? Like just, just indicate that you're listening because whether everyone realizes it or, or not, they're in the promotions business. Yes. And <laughs> and it's like if you if you just show me some love publicly, just hit that like button, you have no idea the ripple effect that, that creates. Just getting a subscribe. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I don't know how many phones I've opened up and be like, This is your podcast app. Here just cl-. and then I put it in and I'm yeah. just like, Yeah, just subscribe. It'll be there. It'll be there for you. It'll just show yeah, up. Yeah, you don't have to do anything else and then I don't know what they do from then on, but you know, it's like yeah, it's like magic. Yeah, people yeah, to get them to do anything. Yeah, is a miracle. And you, I mean, kudos to you. We just had our DCPN meeting yeah. yesterday, um, and they were like, "Did you see that big bump we got after John put us out on his uh, his uh, you know your your network, you yeah, know, your mailing list or whatever you had the I just I, I your s- network. No, I sent know? the invite to everyone on Facebook. And like we doubled up, yeah, in the number of likes, yeah, and everyone was like, "Whoa, that shit works!" <laughs> yeah, working, having you know the hustle, exactly. That you put into it, do the hustle. Like, don't be afraid to self promote. But I guess, like, getting back to this, my question is: Is that ever discouraging for you when, like, you're putting out these shows and you feel like you're working really hard to create great content, and you're like, "Fuck, is anyone even listening to this?" Like, does that ever get you down? Uh, yeah, well, that part, it's never been hard for me. Like, oh, it's so hard to talk into a microphone to nobody. And he, I don't know, it must be some kind of hubris or, you know, I always think of Kevin Smith because he's one of the big podcast oh, yeah. pioneers for me was like... Smodcast. Yeah. Uh, first podcast I started listening to. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what got me in, you know? Oh, no shit. And, when was that? Oh, I was like 2011, 2010. Like, yeah. right when I moved to Denver. Okay. And I needed something from little old Greeley. Uh <laughs> Um, I've spent a lot of time in Greeley professionally, so I know Greeley pretty inside and out. Uh, but yeah, so, um, I think the hardest part for me is the uh, the doing of it, the editing. Once you're done, yeah, and then the guest goes away. Because the funnest part is this right here: talking, having yeah, a connection, I always say that, yeah. doing the thing. And then the hardest part for me is like, okay, now it's it's on my memory card. Now I gotta upload it. I mean, edit it. You know, get, clean it up. Yeah, get the tags in there. Blah blah blah. Make the little, you know, the the post on the uh, website and get it all up. You know, that's just the tedious work. Yeah. It's, is, uh, it's the, the ditch digging. Part. Yeah. Yep. But that's what I was going to say from earlier. Um, when I quit my job, I think the thing that really got me was you and your dad's conversation where you're yeah. just like, look at all this ditch I dig back there. And, you know, just like <laughs> talking about putting in the work and like, you know, just doing it. And I was like, I could do that. I could, this is, this is like a sign. I'm always looking for like a positive affirmation sign from the universe. Oh, that's fucking great, man. <laughs> that's so funny. It's hard for, and it was hard for me in the beginning. And okay, here's another podcaster question. Do you look at your numbers? Oh yeah. Okay. Like obsessively. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how do you feel about that? Looking at your numbers. 
Uh, it annoys me when I'll try and approach other podcasters, like comedians that I know that are doing podcasts, and they act so nonchalantly about it. Like, oh, I don't know. I never look at that stuff. I'm like, I, okay, I guess. I mean, you're, I guess, cause, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's me, it's me being like, uh, it's hard for me not to, you uh, know? Yeah. And, uh, that they're just so nonchalant about it. I was like, I wish I had what they have that they don't care, but I care. Okay. Here's the thing. I intentionally don't look at my numbers. I very intentionally don't. I want to, and I don't want to. And the reason is, it's because this is my first rodeo. Like, I had started a website before this, and it was called the Crew Jones Society. Looked at the numbers every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I would look at what time of day people were reading, and when people were looking at shit. And I found I started chasing those numbers, and I started, like, zeroing in on them too much to the detriment of the product. And so with this, because like I said, I'm not going to try and make money on this like right away or I'm not like I have no ulterior motive in mind for this. So what do I give a fuck about what the numbers are? Because I don't need it to do anything else for me other than it's something I love to do and I love creating this content. Like I created this show because I love doing it and I love having these conversations and in some ways, that is so freeing. I look at the numbers when I have to, but there are very few times when I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel really good about that. And so I'll talk to other podcast numbers, and they're like, what are your downloads like? I'm like, honest to God, I don't know because I'm not – like I don't need to know that because I'm not going out and being like, you should promote your product here. Then someone's going to ask me, what's your listenership like? And it's like <laughs> – Oh, it's like a guy like not, you know – and then I, to me, I'm like, this guy's got a big cock. He's not talking about it. He just fucking, he doesn't have to talk about it. He doesn't have to measure. He just knows. It's just like one of those things. So it's like, then he must have a good podcast. He must, he must have big girthy numbers. Lots of length. Is yeah. Those, do you have Lipson? Uh, no, graph? I don't. There's a graph on Lipson and it shows you like. Oh, funny. Yeah. No, I don't have Lipson. Um, I have Google Analytics. Mm. Um, that's on the back end. I mean, that will tell you like your page views and your downloads and stuff, because one of the great things that people don't know about podcasts is like, oh, you're on iTunes. It's like, well, getting on iTunes is not hard. No. And iTunes doesn't like host anything. It just points people to your website where you have the files and it just points people and they download directly from there. Yeah. And so like it tracks it through Google, but that's mostly handled by my hosting company. And so they have it and they're like, do you want to know what this is? I'm like, not really. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> and they're like, that guy's a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the other thing, JD. Like, the way that I knew that my show would be, like, doing well is when all the other metrics were moving in a positive direction. Like, more Facebook likes, more Twitter followers, more, like, it would, the other indicators would become obvious to me. But then I realized I was flawed there, too. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts where I don't like them on Facebook or like them on Twitter yeah. or anything. Yeah. And so I go, oh, fuck. Like, I, so in a lot of ways, I intentionally keep myself in the dark. Yeah. I mean, like, who is the guy who's listening to the pods and then writing reviews on iTunes and stuff? I mean, yeah. thank God for Marcelo Duran. I mean, oh, guy Jesus got, Christ. You know, that guy kept me going. For Me a long too. Time. I mean, like his encouragement. I was thinking about where, where I uh, saw you guys first, and I think it was on his Mile High Rant ranking. Yep. That I put you and uh, Paul together, or you know, yeah, you, you too. First became aware. Yeah, like Marcelo, who is seems to be going through some health problems right yeah. now. Yeah, and uh, shout out to you, buddy. Get yeah. better soon. Yeah, God bless you, man. We love <laughs> you. But he was like retweeting me every time, and he was writing about all the local Denver podcasts. He was talking about. Uh, what's that, uh, what's that sports one on, um, like John Reedy and, uh, uh I, don't know. I can't remember what sports it's called. Now. Something I'll get into that much. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And that helped me like, I go, wow, there are a lot of shows in Denver going on right now. Yeah. And, uh, so no, you're right. And it's so funny how you'll get like one fan who's way into it and you go, all right. All right. Like yeah. that'll sustain you. Yep. There's like an old cliche and I can't remember who said it, but it's. Uh, I can live off a good compliment for a month. <laughs> yeah, the and that's Marcelo. Yeah, dude. <laughs> God bless that guy. Thank so, uh, the way that we got connected proper was through this Denver Podcast Network. Yep, yep. Which, which was really awesome. Uh, after Paul won 
uh, Westward Editor's Choice. I reached out to him. I sent him a congratulations because he and I had met like a year before. And uh, I said, man, that's great. Your show was fucking amazing. Like Changing Denver is just a terrific show. Yeah. And Paula sat down here. And it's one of those shows that inspires professional jealousy in me. No, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. You know where I go – Man, dude, you're doing a great fucking show, and I want to aspire to do work that is like that good. And he said, is there a way that we can use this little bump that you and I have gotten? And let's reach out to the other podcasts in Denver that are not associated with the sort of big podcast conglomerate in the city. Let's try and build each other up. And so getting together through that, I thought, has been really great because like, I didn't know Beyond the Trope existed I didn't know Discover Weekly existed. I wasn't familiar with The Revisionists. I knew about your show, and so the fact that you were at that first meeting, I go, nice. Like, JD's here. Okay, this is going to be, like, a legit <laughs> deal. And so, and I'm not, like, just blowing smoke up your ass right now. I thought when I saw you, I was like, oh, that guy's got respect. You think <laughs> I got the cool thing? You got the respect, I feel like, so. Oh, funny. <laughs> then I, that, that made it. I mean, just, well, Paul's so legit, you know, like, yeah. talk about... Humble guy with big cock, that ball. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Uh, but <laughs> Paul's very like speak softly, but carry a big stick. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it he, that's totally his, his vibe. Sorry, Paul. I just know he's <laughs> listening. So, yeah, of course he's listening. <laughs> he's cool like that too. Yeah, yeah. But once we did that, I'm like, okay, so this network is going to be legit. Between and with the four shows that I knew, it was your show, Real Nerds, my show, and Changing Denver. I'm like, everything else is fucking gravy. And I've listened to the other shows and I go, man, this is great. Like, and I think we're doing really, really cool stuff. So for those who don't know, give the elevator pitch for your show because like part of what we should do here is just make sure that anyone who's listening to us now should discover JD's show. So tell us about left hand, right brain. Oh man, that's always the hardest thing is to tell you what it is. Dude, I work in PR. You got to get your elevator pitched. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's something I've been uh coming to grips with more recently. And it's even kind of long uh because I always wanted it to be a free-flowing conversation, you know, a right. la nerdist, a la uh uh smodcast. Yeah. Pete I love Pete Holmes uh you made it weird. Oh, Those it's are too like long my, for me, man. My 3. How do you have three. time for that? I listen to everything on two times the speed. And I am what devouring the podcasts like no one's business. That uh, Okay, so you're doing like the speed reading equivalent of listening? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, is that weird? Like I've never tried that. Um, it, I guess it takes a little getting used to at first, but uh, now it's hard for me to listen to things on regular speed because it sounds like everyone's mouth is full of molasses. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I mean that's – I listen to – uh, wow. Everything. I listen to everything. Wow, dude. Yeah, you can cover a lot of ground. Yeah. I, and I hate listening to some things, you know, certain pods you, I got beef with. D- really? Make sure they ain't talking shit, you know? Do you care? Really? Who, uh, who yeah. You, who is that? Do my you... old roommate started a podcast called... Uh, what, Fuck uh, JD? <laughs> no, Joke and Destroy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love Andreas, his co-host. Okay. Super cool dude. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... Well, dude, you realize tabs. You're, you're giving them, like... Well, yeah. You're giving them juice. I've been thinking about that a lot more recently. Like, I don't know if I should give them the, the subscribe. Yeah. But. No, just download each one, like, independently so they don't get the subscribe, so they don't get the bump. Like, if you got beef with them, <laughs> then fuck them. Like, they don't get the extra metric in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Like, I don't know what you use, but. Yeah, both. Okay. Uh, both, but uh, uh, iTunes is Apple Podcasts. Right. Is the main one. I've just so you know, I've made an editorial decision on this show, not to call it Apple Podcasts because I called it iTunes for three fucking years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and you're the one who made me aware of it being called Apple Podcasts. Really? Yeah, listening oh. to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so it's just a free flowing, wide ranging conversation that I have with uh, artists, creatives from all walks of life, uh, and we talk about their creative process. You know, breaking down what uh, what motivates them. It's mostly spite. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, it's a big one. Well, it's like Michael Jordan. Oh, dude, that guy. <laughs> he yeah. would use any little slight that he could manufacture to drive himself to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, and then he shoved it in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whether they knew uh, they were motivating him or not. Sure. The, I mean, you heard that thing about when he got like inducted to the Hall of Fame or whatever. He yeah. invited someone who got like kicked off the team for him or something like that. <laughs> the, anyway, that guy's... 
a whole nother level. <laughs> that guy, did you ever hear the story? Because one of the first podcasts I listened to was Bill Simmons, the BS Report. Uh, I was I was way into sports and into Bill Simmons at the time, who I largely find insufferable now. <laughs> but he he told this story in one of his columns about the Bulls were getting off the plane and they decided. And Jordan was a notorious gambler, and he said, uh, "Let's take bets on whose luggage is going to come out first. And Damn. and so what what they didn't know <laughs> though was that he had paid off the baggage handlers. To make sure that his luggage got off first, so he would win the bet. So he was basically stacking the deck, and it's like that is one weirdly competitive motherfucker. Yeah, that is. But uh, no, you're not wrong about spite. I'll give you that. I just heard something about on another podcast of him. That's why he had to quit basketball for a little bit and go to baseball because he like gotten in trouble gambling. Yeah, and the league was like, "All right, we're not going to blow up your spot, but." That's the, you gotta get out of here. That's a conspiracy theory that he quit for two years till all this gambling shit blew over and went and played baseball. They, they also said that uh, maybe that's who killed his dad. Like they killed his dad because uh, oh, because of gambling debts. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. I hadn't heard uh, that. Yeah. Oof. Wow. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. So okay, we keep digressing. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, what motivates them? Uh, what their process is? So it's a lot like yours, but I like to have it. Uh, more of the that can go wherever it wants to, right? And I like that freedom because I feel like you know that's what's gonna uh, bring out the the best in the the guest. You know that sure. whatever they want to talk about, whatever's you know uh, igniting their passion at that moment is you know what we, I want to talk about. And uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't it sounds pretentious, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we kick back, you know, have a good time. Sometimes we drink some some beers or whatever, and. Mm -hmm. uh, Hit them with the quips, the japes, the whatnots, you know, and uh, <laughs> have a good japes? time. Yeah, the japes. What's the japes? Oh man, uh, you got to just hear it. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's something you experience. Okay, the japes. Uh, but <laughs> it's something you experience. Hey, you know who's to say that wasn't a jape right that, there? Uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, uh, what's uh, what's funny to me is hearing you describe it because you're talking to creatives, and I sometimes talk to creatives, and generally those people have an idea like there's a microphone in front of someone who like does a creative endeavor for a living they're gonna like want to talk about it mm -hmm. a lot of the people i talk to are not experienced like talking about what they do and so to me like my show has to be a little bit more structured in that way um i have to be ready to direct the conversation in various places because people will either not be experienced in sort of the give and take that we do here because a podcast listen is a very intimate experience as well. Yeah. And your ear holes. It, exactly. It's, I mean, there's two of us and then there's one listener. I mean, there's a lot hey, of listeners, but, but they're all, every, everyone's experiencing it solo. It, generally, you're not sitting around. It's not like fucking NPR, wait, wait, don't tell me, where people are sitting around and all laughing together. So to that end, it's interesting to me that you sort of, it sounds like you don't direct the conversation a lot. Like when you approach an interview, how do you structure the way that you're going to approach it? Or do you have something in mind? Um, I've heard a couple uh, different ways of uh, going about it. Like uh, Chris Hardwick always talked about it being like a traffic control, like kind of guy. Right. You yeah. Know, being a traffic kinda, cop. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Pete Holmes, it talks about, you know, like having a, an emotion or like some kind of uh, energy they want to bring to it and like wants the uh, guest to feel welcome. So he kind of brings that energy and then lets, right. lets the guest. So I try to come like a blank slate and then let the guest kind of uh, lead in a way. Interesting. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out that well and then you gotta, you know, kind of catch up. And, uh, but yeah, and maybe sometimes to the pod's detriment, I, I do indulge a lot of people and let them kind of go or, you know. Do you feel you're a little too deferential in that way? Sometimes, yeah, especially yeah. recently, because I mean, I don't know if you've gotten this feedback at all, but I've had I have had some people look at the pod and be like, "Oh, this is too long. I can't." I mean, you just said it with uh, you made <laughs> with it weird. Pete though. Holmes, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I, I it's an adventure to listen. I mean, like, right. I want to be in that world with that person, so I want to hang out with that person. You know, basically. Well, dude, so here's the here's the thing though. Like, I have not adapted to listening to podcasts at two times the speed yet. So <laughs> if you're listening to a three hour fucking you made it weird in 90 minutes, okay, that's much more manageable. But if you're listening, like, I don't have a three hour block where I can listen to Pete Holmes. Yeah, you're busy. You're like, a busy guy. Dive into religion with, with someone or, you know, his theories about sex or like whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. 
which it you know is obvious to say I have listened to the show, but that type of real estate is just not something that I have. You don't listen to Rogan. You don't listen to no, uh, Tim Ferriss. No, um, I, I was listening to Corolla for a while, but I realized. Adam wasn't so much interviewing his guests as using them as basically a clothesline to hang whatever his opinions were. And I'm like, oh, so this is never about your guests. This is always about Adam. I mean, it is the Adam Carolla show. I That's fair. But eventually I burned out on it. Oh, yeah. I go back and forth. I come in and out of all yeah. those podcasts. I just it recently just with Nerdist and Pete Holmes, I've fallen off a little bit. But yeah, it's taken years. Um, and the other like the other one I listened to a lot was and. Probably something I like structure wise. I borrowed a lot for this show was WTF with Mark Marin. Yeah. Um. And structure wise, our shows are like very similar. But Marin and I, I tried to emulate this too, but I realized a I couldn't do it very well, and b I don't even like it when Marin does it. The intro where he's just like seems to be riffing on whatever off the top of his head, and it's like I don't give a shit about any of this, man. And so it it felt too self indulgent for me, so I axed that. And made my show's intro as tight and as quick as possible. Yeah, when I first started listening, or to the more recent ones, I was definitely like, this is a guy who's not wasting any words. Yeah. He is like, I mean, yeah, very Tim Ferriss, like, waste not. I don't know, I keep bringing up Tim Ferriss, but that's just <laughs> Are, my closest, like, you're trying to maximize and, like, uh, optimize right. all those eyes, you know, so, uh, I don't know, it's inspiring. Oh, because cool. I'm such the opposite. I'm like, ah, oh, we'll get there. You know, <laughs> it's it's a fun romp we're doing. Well, okay, so it's funny. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly not opposed to that. But like, I have two kids who are under the age of three. Um, I have my own business. I have yeah, like you don't my have work. The time. No, like, and so I would love to do that. But in terms of your show and where you're going and what your aspirations are. What would be like the ultimate template for success for you going forward? Like, what would it look like? What would you be doing? And what would your life look like if you go, yep, this is the exact life I want to be living? Presumably not working for people doing coke in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. At your day job. Frustrating. Um, well, I mean, I wanted the podcast to keep growing, you know, uh, definitely, uh, not have any expenses coming out of my pocket. Yeah. For a while, that was. Something that was happening, but then it dried up. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, not having a day job and being able to write during the day to write jokes, write right. screenplays. So that's something I've been trying to move into with uh, my comedy stuff is more writing more long form screenplays, teleplays, things like that. Nice. Uh, that's why when you're like, oh, you got to have the elevator pitch. I was like, God, I just read this in this book and it's so hard. <laughs> I think it was like save the cat or whatever. I have it in my bag right here. Yeah, just not having a day job, being able to write and... Uh, I like being a man of uh, a man of leisure. A man of leisure is is what I want to be. Uh, I mean, you talk about writing, like writing screenplays and writing teleplays and stuff, and performing. Yeah, and performing, performing, like yeah, so, getting out every night, having some shows, getting some paid gigs would be great. Nice. <laughs> so, are you mostly like hitting open mics and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm still in the open mic phase. How long you been at it? Four years ish now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard it takes like seven to ten before you even really find your voice. Yeah, that finding my voice thing is really hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, going through some growing pains recently. I feel like with my my stand up. Really? Uh, yeah. In what way? <laughs> I keep. I, I'm sorry. I keep going to these dick references, but I keep <laughs> thinking it's hard for me to get it up sometimes. Oh, know? really? Yeah. Like you know, it's it's a grind. You yeah. know, going to these open mics and maybe waiting for three and a half hours to get up at one forty-five in the morning to oh, three people who are just waiting to get up. Two of them are the hosts. Maybe one other person wants to get up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to get anything out of this set. Yeah. They're not into it. They're just, it's, you're just wasting time. They're marking burning. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it can get, that can get a little frustrating, but then at the same time, you know, it's hard because I listen to so many podcasts and they're like, oh, you got to be undeniable. You can't phone it in, you know, all these buzz things and you're, but yeah. when you're there, you know, and you got to work at six in the morning or something. You know, when uh, when I wasn't on the day shift, I had the morning shift, and I would have to oh, get there at six. And uh, you know, you're just like, I could go to sleep, or I could be spending time with my girlfriend. You know, yeah. that's something that's kind of been a rub a little bit lately. Is you know, like, hey, I got to go to work. I, I always try to refer to it as my work, and you know, she was on understanding of that. Yeah, yeah, just like no, I didn't spend Wednesday night at at home. You know, with her 
hanging out and I went to this mic to sit, to sit there and just despising everybody that went up <laughs> right. and hating the, listening to their jokes or whatever, or, you know, and then losing faith in my jokes. Cause I mean, everything hinges on that set, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like you live or die by the joke, like how it went that night. Yeah. And, uh, that's something I got to get over though. I mean, anyone who's doing anything in comedy has been where I am and they're just like, ah, it's just, you know, you'll get over it or you won't and you'll quit. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you always hear about, in particular with young people, it's like they're not willing to work or pay their dues or whatever. Comedy is one of those things where I don't think there's any other way other than like paying really, really hard fucking dues over and over again for what seems like not only like thankless sort of recognition, but like a never ending slog, right? And you've heard that from pretty much every single comedian you've ever heard talk. Yeah, and I, the thing that's frustrating is I'm listening to these podcasts with you know with Pete Holmes, with uh, uh, Chris D'Elia, these, yeah. Bill Burr, these guys who are so far on the other end of it. Yeah, that it's like, oh, I go in and I do my thing, and it's great, it's fun, it's like it's easy for them to get it up, <laughs> right? Like, but I mean, I guess I don't know their lives personally, but it's like on this side of the of that line on the ascent. Yeah, it's uh, I resent it sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's well, when, sure. And then it's okay. So I've been going up and I know I need to bring more energy to the stage. That's how you sell the joke. You got to get it out there. You know, you got to, you got to believe it's funny yourself or you're not going to get them to buy it. Like a good idea or whatever. You know, I'm sure with, I don't know, I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> make it more relatable to you, but I get, I, you get it. <laughs> uh, I, no, I totally get it. Um, and then I'll get up there and I'll just, you know, monotonely say the joke and they're like, yeah, I didn't think it was that great either. <laughs> this one guy did, one of the hosts did say to me, he's like, maybe if it looked like you were having fun, the audience might have more fun. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, dude. Dude, one of the most fucked up pieces of advice I ever got. I was working at my PR firm. He's not wrong, though, by the way. Just throwing it out no, there. No, he's not and wrong. Then, yeah. And and so this was and, – and this relates to that. I was working at the PR firm, and we were doing a media relations campaign. So in the industry, we called it Smile and Dial. Someone asked, like, why do you call it Smile and Dial? And he goes, anytime you're talking on the phone to a potential client or – to like a reporter or whatever, like no matter what you're pitching, you should be smiling, like smile while you're doing it because people can hear that you're smiling and everyone goes, Oh, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? This is horse shit. But like, if you, if you brought that energy, if you brought enthusiasm, if you know, you said, Hey, I've got this great story. I want to, I want to pitch to you. And you were smiling people like it, it, the, the energy was almost infectious. And I said this like in terms of a public relations campaign too. When I was dealing with an issue, issue of controversy, I'm like, look, the facts are the facts, okay? And if the facts were all that mattered, if your material was all that mattered, none of us would have to be here. It would sell itself. You really got to finesse the approach. You it, Like how you structure it, how you approach it, how you relate to people, that's what matters. And what's funny is hearing you describe that, I'm like, the rules for comedy, and I call them rules, and I mean, you could call them that if you want, I guess. But they're not all that different for what I do either. You could have killer material, but if you're not presenting it properly, if you're not ordering it correctly, if you're not finessing sort of the style, it's never going to land. It's never going to matter. And people are going to walk away not feeling like they've been moved or changed, which is the goal of a public relations campaign. It's the goal of a good comedy set. And so, I mean, professionally, it's weird that we have that sort of synchronicity. Yeah, man, uh, you know, it's all about how other people are perceiving you. Yeah. And, you know, the first, and even when I was, you know, I, I, theater was my minor in, in college and when we were Where'd practicing, you go? uh, Metro State. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, I, I always remember hating, like, practicing going out to audition, you know, or like right. coming out to slate. And she was like, do it again, do it again, you know, like, you have to look confident, but be relaxed and all these things. And the way you say your name, like, hello, my name is JD Lopez. And I'll be doing blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, and I think about that every time I, uh, you know, I'm like, hello, everybody. My, I'm JD Lopez and welcome to Left Hand Right Brain or whatever. Mm. Someone said, like, it doesn't sound like you're excited to hear your voice or your name, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> like, yeah. so much pressure. Well, but I, yeah, and when you get out, sorry, just when you get out on stage, people are judging right there, you yep. know, and then if your material doesn't match your body language, if your clothes don't match, not that you should always be thinking about your clothing. Yeah. I remember Aziz Ansari saying, you know, like people who worry too much about their clothing should just worry about their sets or whatever. Right. Um, or their material. Like when it's that undeniable quote unquote material, you could do whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. I'm not quite there yet, you know, so I have to, I'm using all of it to try and sell, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, I do put, uh, presentation training for clients as well, and I tell them, if you're making a presentation, and some people always forget this, but take the stage. Like, what you do is you come out, alert people that you're ready to start, and that you're doing it intentionally. Not that you're just up there because you have to be or because it's accidental or because it's your turn or whatever. Take the stage. This is your time. Be assertive with it and be intentional. And, I mean, that's sort of what you're describing. Yeah, that definitely rings true, you know. I, I do think a lot of it's uh, me waiting for my turn right now. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and then uh, someone also said, you know, like – um, and don't ask doesn't don't ask the audience if you think this is funny like with your jokes right it's you know when people are timid you know it's, it sounds like you're asking them like oh is this a funny idea it's like yeah. no you have to believe it's funny and deliver it like you think it's funny it reminds me of this like very famous quote from bill hicks where bill hicks said there were like rules for comedy and i think chris hardwick actually posted this at one point and he said don't go out and ask the audience how they're doing you fucking tell the audience how they're doing and the way you tell them how they're doing is by doing your material, doing it confidently, and you will let them know how they're doing because of your performance. And I thought, that's fucking great. And I have taken that to every single time that I am on stage, whether it's professionally or whether it's for creative endeavor or not. It's like, hey, how's everyone doing? Don't let them dictate to you what your set's going to be like. If someone yells out, it's like, I'm fucking shitty. Like, you go, oh, well, uh-oh. You say... Like, I I don't know what you say, but you indicate to them how their night's going to be based on your performance. I think that's a nice inversion of form. And, I mean, Bill Hicks is one of the most highly regarded comedians of all time. And so that's something that I take to heart in everything that I do. Yeah, that's something that would uh, be in my best interest to keep in mind when I go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like have all these affirmations and all these things that, like, I want to go up there and do. But if I, can, I had a good idea. You're inspiring. Uh, <laughs> I but, do my best, man. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing the comedy stuff. And when it's good, it's good. I oh, mean, sure. When yeah, when it's good, it's great, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's, it's something that we're all both doing. You know, the audience has given me what I need to give it back to you. You know, this, that's what it's like a relationship you're creating. And so it's hard at like a dive bar at 1.45 in the morning yeah. when there's two people there and they're not giving it. You know, so it's like hard to... Yeah. Get it up, you know? <laughs> well, no, it's funny. Sometimes I have that with this show, too, because this is a secret I don't tell all the time on the show, but my least favorite part of doing this show is recording the intro and outro. Yeah, that is hard. I hate doing that because it's you alone in a room, and again, you're getting it up. Like, you know, sometimes it'll be like 10.30 in the morning, and, you know, I'll, I will have just dropped off my kids somewhere, or it'll be like 11 o'clock at night, and i am just finished the edit, and it's like... Okay, I got to do the intro and the outro. Then I got to edit those. Then I got to compile the thing. I got to eliminate the clicks and pops. I got to upload it. I got to shrink it. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like there's all this shit that I have to do. And I'm like, okay, but this is going to be the first thing anyone hears when they download this episode. And so I think to myself, I'm like sitting there and there's this moment on Family Guy where Brian is getting ready to, I think he's doing like some skills competition. But he's sitting in the dressing room and he gets very serious and he goes, takes a deep breath, closes his eyes, and then opens his eyes and looks in the mirror and goes, showtime. And so I try and almost do that like before I record the intro and outro because I don't want people to immediately go, okay, I'm not going to be into this episode because that's fucked up and shitty to my guest too. Right, yeah. You know, like, I don't, and that's like, that helps me get it up actually, because I don't want to do a disservice to my guest. So I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a struggle, but I mean, like I said, it's rewarding and you gotta either stick with it or don't. I mean, that's like the thing with any creative endeavor. It seems like it's, it's show business or whatever. It's like not meant to keep you. It's not like built to like keep people in it that aren't, aren't in it. Yeah. And with podcasting, I found I wanted to do a weekly show and I helped myself to that. And, you know, like I, you fall down a, cu- a few times, like no one's perfect. But do you find having the deadline really helps you? Like, do you keep yourself to deadlines pretty well? Uh, no, uh, pretty well <laughs> for the most part. You know, I can do consistently for a while. And then, you know, uh, every like these last two months, you know, anyone 
who follows my podcast religiously will know it's only coming out, you know, every other week. Okay. You know, I'll get two weeks out in a row, but then, you know, something will happen. It's mostly been harder to get guests. Yeah. Uh, lately. I don't know what it is. Uh, for me, I found it's feast or famine. Yeah. Like, I'll get really flush with interviews and like, and I'll get them booked really well. And then there will be times where like weeks where I'm just like struggling to get shows out. And it's just sort of the vagaries of having a show that's interview focused too. Because sometimes schedules line up and sometimes they don't. And it tends to go in waves. It's really weird how it works like that. Uh, she's a, a fickle mistress. <laughs> she's a fickle mistress yeah. indeed. She'll love you good, but she'll also smash you on the rocks, you know. Oh, yeah. No, she'll uh, she'll turn cold. and It'll be an icy winter. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we need to wrap up here. J.D. Lopez, uh, now's when we do plugs. Feel free to plug your show, where we can find you. Anything you want to plug right now, it's all yours, man. Well, you know, I do do some stand-up comedy here and there. Oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, but well, my main thing is uh, my monthly show, uh, last Saturdays of the month at Mutant Information Cafe. It's uh, called Comedy Save the Video Star. It's a uh, music video comedy mashup, mashup show. Excuse me. Uh, we do a, a DIY TRL, so anyone who comes can uh, you know pick a music video. We'll put it up on the big screen. <laughs> nice. And then at ten o'clock we have the show. And I get local comics or people you know coming through town, whoever I can get the best of the best, and they pick music videos they like, have some kind of personal connection to, and uh, they talk they talk about why they picked it a little bit, and then we talk over it, Beavis and Butthead style. <laughs> nice. And they do do some stand up, and it is sponsored by Renegade. Lovely brewing. Well done, man. All right, and Left Hand Right Brain, where can people find that? Uh, you can go to lefthandrightbrainpod.com. You can find it at the Denver Podcast Network. Denverpodcast.net. Denver yep, you got it. Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, yeah, we put them out every week for the most part. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, take a listen, guys. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Cool, and what's your Twitter handle? That is LHRB podcast. I'm at LHRB podcast and Instagram, I think is the better follow and it's left hand, right brain. Oh, nice. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, JD, this was a real pleasure. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being my compatriot in the Denver podcast network. Yeah, this was a very podcast heavy. Thank you for listening, Marcelo. That's right. And, uh, continued success to you, my man. Hey, you too, bud. And that'll do it for episode 149 of the John of All Trades podcast. Thank you to JD Lopez for being on my show and thank you for having me on yours. That's the beauty of the Denver Podcast Network. We connect in unique ways. Check out the Denver Podcast Network, denverpodcast.net. I'll have a link to that, as well as Left Hand Right Brain, JD's Twitter handle, and everything on the John of All Trades website, jonofalltrades.us. Also on the social media, J-O-A-T-Pod is the handle for Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E.us. Web hosting, website building, social media marketing, and advertising, all at your fingertips. Four Degrees will put you in front of the audiences that need to hear your message and do it at a very reasonable cost. So check them out on the web, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Deft is on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Episode previews go up on Mondays on Facebook kind of uncertain as to what's going to happen next week but stay tuned on social media for that there will be a new show either next week or the week after and possibly both i don't know yet so stay tuned to the john of all trades social media accounts whenever i hear you again thank you for listening thank you for letting me be a part of your life and until we connect again say goodnight crazy That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak.